the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How about the Nobel Peace Prize? Yeah, the big guy is approaching the point in his first term where his old boss, Barack Obama, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Of course, Obama did nothing to deserve the Nobel Peace Prize. So maybe Joe has a shot after the way he's handled Afghanistan. Meanwhile, while he's waiting, there's another award he can enjoy. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. That's right. The big guy would like to tell everybody in America that they have to get vaccinated. And this is his award-winning comment from yesterday. If they'll not help, if these governors won't help us beat the pandemic, I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. How about that? Get them out of the way. What's that mean? How does he do that? How does he get the governors out of the way? And the governors in just about every state, uh, red state, I should say, uh, told Joe where he could stick his vaccine orders. And Joe's kind of disappointed. He went to a school near the White House today. And uh, when he was asked about the governors refusing to comply with his edict, he said, quote, have at it. And he called them cavalier for uh, taking risks with the lives of children, which is ridiculous, of course, since a kid has a better chance of dying from being run over by the big guy's limo on his way to the school than he does of dying from COVID. And and that's actually a fact. I don't even think that's an exaggeration. Of course, nobody, uh, and his wife, first of all, his wife, uh, Dr. Jill, uh, who's not a doctor, uh, except for, I mean, she's not a medical doctor. Anyway, Dr. Jill said, we owe it to the kids to keep them safe. In school, and of course, once again, nobody asked her, as far as I know, uh, what, 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 nobody asked her safe from what. That's what I, I, I keep asking that question. There has to be some danger in order for you to be doing something to keep them safe. Maybe one of these Fridays, Dr. Joe can win it, but on this Friday, Joe Biden is the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And when we come back, I'm going to talk to Tom McMillan. That's the former Penguins VP and former Penguins beat writer, uh, sports writer, about Flight 93. He wrote an amazing book about it several years ago. Stick around. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Football is back, and so is tailgating. Whether it's Friday Night Lights, Saturday College, or Pro Sundays, Solaire Portable Infrared Grills set up fast and heat up quickly. Only three minutes to searing hot temperatures, just like the big backyard Solaires. The Solaire Grills will make you the master of the tailgater with the juiciest, most flavorful food in the parking lot. The fast grilling times leave you more time to talk up your team, and they cool down fast so you won't miss a minute of the game. The Solaire Anywhere and Solaire Everywhere portable infrared grills are perfect for any grilling on the go, from picnics to camping, RVs to boating, but especially tailgating. And they're made in the USA with the confidence of a 100-year-old family business. Amaze your tailgating friends with Solaire infrared grills. Learn more about these fantastic grills at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com besthotgrill.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. 
Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 1231-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Whoa! Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable, and Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors and mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year for a limited time you'll get 50 percent off the giza dream sheets you'll receive a set for as low as 49.99 go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code stag there you'll find not only this amazing offer but also deep discounts on all my pillow products including the my pillow mattress topper and so much more call 1-800-716-8087 use the promo code stag go to mypillow.com make sure you use the promo code stag this is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Ten years ago tomorrow, uh, Flight 93 may have flown over your house. Uh, it was headed for the Capitol building in Washington, but it went down in Shanksville. It's an amazing story. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it. Uh, Tom McMillan, who covered the Penguins' beat as a reporter for the Post-Gazette before ending up as an executive with the Penguins, wrote a book about it. It's called Flight 93, The Story, the Aftermath, and the Legacy of American Courage on 9-11. Tom joins us now. Tom, thanks for being here. John, great to be with you. So, um, you're a hockey guy. Why did you write this book? Well, uh, people I know you're more than a hockey guy, but, you, you know... yeah. Well, people think of me that I've always been a history yeah. guy too. I really have. Okay. It's been uh, I, I I often joke with people that for the, that for most people, sports is their escape from their regular life. Yeah. Um, when you work in sports, as you and I have, you need an escape from it sometimes. So history was kind of my sports. That's what I did when I had time off, and me too. so I. I I never really, really, yeah. I mean, you you need that. You need that balance. Yeah. People are always surprised. I just don't didn't come and watch games all all the time. 
Right, right. Um, and over time, you know, my, with my writing background and, and love of history, it just it led into this. I've done three books now. The Flight 93 one was my first one. Certainly was the most emotional, uh, and, and I'm sure always always will be. It was it was a special experience to research and write it. Now, there's so much detail. It looks like a massive undertaking. Um, how long did it take you to actually get all your material together and then start to write and finish it? Well, it's, it's one of those stories. It, it probably... Actually, it probably took about three and a half years of, of when I was focused on it. But mm-hmm. in a way, I was interested in this in this story from September 11th, 2001. I was just, you know, I was immersed in that story. I'm one of those people who wants to, I don't back away from it. I wanted to find out what, what went on just as a citizen who was interested. I drove out to Shanksville a couple of months after, you know, after the, uh, the, the crash just to see what they had there, which was, which was not much. So, I had kind of, I was researching the book without realizing I was researching it. I was just interested in the story, and I read a lot, okay. and I watched a lot, so I, so I had a fair amount of, of, of basic knowledge from the time I started. So probably three and a half years from the time I decided I am going to write a book. But I, I, was, I, I benefited, benefited from the fact that, that I was at least familiar with, with some of the, uh, you know, the people and some of, the, some of the facts. Now, did you, from your interest in the story... Did you start to get the idea that there's stuff that you were finding out just uh, on your own, on maybe a casual, um, you know, I- inquiry on your own uh, benefit, for your own benefit, just for for your own uh, purposes? Did you start to think that hey, there's a lot of stuff here that needs to be said that I don't think is being said or being uh, that that, is, that people aren't aware of? Absolutely. Even today, despite the the, the heroic and patriotic nature of the story. Flight 93 is the forgotten flight. If you, you watch any of the coverage that's been on this week, even the documentaries this weekend, they will be 95% on New York and the Pentagon. And it's right. understandable. I mean, two of mm-hmm. the most important cities in the world. And also, as you know from your, your, your long background in television, uh, documentaries need video. We have they an have incredibly yep. no tragic question. But, you know, video of those two sites. It changed so all you had was a hole in the ground and smoke. So right. it, it really is forgotten. Even today, it, 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 it actually kicks me off when I watch some of these documentaries and they talk so little about Flight 93, is, you know, right. almost as though it didn't happen. Or they, so there was that part of it. But the other thing that happens, uh, I realized this, is, you know, in, in major tragedies, a lot of the <clears> early <throat> reporting is flawed. And that's, that's yep. not a criticism of the media. It's the, even right. the authorities don't know what's happened yet. So. Right. Reporters are, 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 you know, playing around for information, and and some stuff gets out there. And it, it, it's incorrect. It eventually gets corrected. The, the, the things they'll tell you about, it, they get corrected. But sometimes it takes weeks or months or years, and by that point, the general public has stopped paying attention. So, so you, yeah. there were some of those that I thought, you know, you can kind of correct. Whenever I give my book talks, I say that, and I and I and I I see nods of heads in the audience. You know, for instance, you know the. The urban myth that the passengers made all those calls on cell phones, which they did not. Um, they did you know, and that led to all the that led to all the conspiracy theories that you can't make a call from thirty five thousand feet. No, there, there were there's one famous call from Flight ninety three. There were thirty seven calls made from Flight ninety three. Two of them were from cell phones, very late in the flight when it was very low to the ground. <clears throat> thirty five mm-hmm. of them were from air phones, which. Kids don't know what they are now, but it is now because it's, they're replaced by video screens. But when you flew back then, there was a seat back airphone, one for every three seats. You could yeah, yeah, I used to screen. use them all the time. Yeah, yeah, you pull that, run your credit card through, and, and make a call, and that's what they used. So that's why the calls were able to go through. But just as importantly, uh, for t- untangling this. That's how the FBI could piece a lot of it together because each one of those calls left a record. You saw who made it or at least who paid for it, where uh-huh. it went, how long it lasted, and where the people were sitting on the plane. So it gives us into how far back they were pushed, but also who was sitting together and was maybe plotting together. So those kinds of things that the, that the hijackers used box cutters. I mean, they, they did, but their, their more, more dominant weapon was knives. They, uh, the FBI found receipts of nine uh, knives and multi-purpose tools that they purchased. So they didn't just use little box cutters. They had other things. But if you talk yeah. to people who have, you have been on, you know, that box cutter cell phone thing, is it, it's ingrained in people's minds. So there's a lot of stuff like that. We're talking to Tom McMillan. The book is Flight 93, The Story, The Aftermath, and the Legacy of American Courage on 9-11. 
Uh, Tom, you got lots of details about the lives of the individual passengers you mentioned there, you know, their jobs, where they were from, where, were they, where they were headed. How important was all that, and what did that do to, to you as far as humanizing what, what happened in that plane that day? Wow, you know, that's, it's a, it made it a very emotional journey. Uh, yeah. And, you, you, you know, you get to know some of the family members by interviewing them, and therefore you kind of feel you knew the people on the plane by talking to their brothers and mothers and, and, and things. It's so important. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a human story. We can't, you know, sometimes when we see these history documentaries, uh, it's, we're detached from it. Only it happened to somebody else. I mean, it yeah. happened to real people who, and, you know, I often hear, John, that, that they were extraordinary people. I say the other. I said these were the point is these were ordinary people who mm-hmm. did extraordinary things. They Very were good. just regular folks getting on a plane, thinking they were flying to San Francisco from Newark. You know, grandmothers and businessmen and college students flying for the reasons we all travel. They had no idea when they walked on that plane. Uh, probably most of them were probably getting ready to go to sleep or read a book, uh, like we yeah. all are, and they didn't know each other. And, and when you think of it on the other side. Al-Qaeda had been planning for this for years, uh, detailed planning. And when you sit back and you think that those folks on the plane had about 20 minutes to come up with a plan in, a, mm-hmm. in the most bewildering of all situations to, to combat something that had been years in the making. It, it, it's, it's incredible when you think about it. And, and until you dig into the details, it, it's, it's hard to really grasp uh, how incredible it was what, what they did or what they tried to do. You have lots of information about the hijackers in the book and, and what motivated them. Um, how hard was it for you to, to find that kind of stuff, or is that out there just a matter of digging it no, up? It, 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 it was, and, 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 and the thing, it's, I, on one side, it's the, to, to the extent that the book's been very well received, thankfully, uh, mm-hmm. to the extent that uh, it gets criticism like from people, it's that there's too much on the hijackers, you know, people who oh. just want to read about the heroes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I say to them, I understand where you're coming from, but one, as a historian, this, uh, this was an attempt you have to say about the enemy. You can't write about Pearl Harbor without writing about the Japanese military. Right. Um, that, that's, that's part of it. Um, but the other thing is, I also wanted to bring out how long and hard and detailed they had trained for this. Mm-hmm. Again, to the point I made earlier, those poor folks on the plane, the passengers and crew, they had 20 minutes to, to combat something that, that was very well planned against people who were willing to die. So you can't really appreciate what they did unless you put that against the background of, of how long the hijack was trained. Now, there's still not a lot of information about, about out there. But the FBI, there was a trial in 2006 of uh, someone who was, who was attached to al-Qaeda, Zacharias Masali, and that's when the FBI presented a lot of their evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very helpful in my research. It's all online, but obviously not a lot of people have, have read it. They put in there as much of the hijackers as they could. They, 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 they traced their, you know, their activities through uh, when they were here. It, it's maddening when, when, when you research it. I think people told me when, when they read it and how they took advantage of our freedoms. I mean, they were, they were not over here under assumed names. They lived under their own names. They yep. got driver's yep. licenses, credit cards, mm-hmm. bank accounts. And, uh, one was even listed in the phone book of San Diego. Um, and so it's all, they weren't afraid of being detected. And it's almost like uh, they wanted to leave that record. So that, that you know, it, it, doing the research as an American just infuriates you that that that, that was able to happen. But uh, but but you know, they did. They took advantage of. Uh, well, of that. And, and the hijacker pilots were here for more than a year. The other the other guys often came late, but they were they were here spring of two thousand. Those guys lived in the country. Those four guys lived in the country for more than a year, learning to fly small planes and uh, and um, doing casing flights of the airlines. Now, you mentioned about the people wondering about uh, the hijackers. I started thinking as you were ta- uh, describing the reason for doing it, you also worked as a beat writer and a sports writer. You know, if you're covering the Immaculate Reception, you want to get to do the story right, you got to get the, the, the comments from the Oakland Raiders locker room, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. The enemy's all part of it. <laughs> Whether it's a you know it's it's a fun thing like a sports event, there's yeah. really no difference. Or, or in history, you need the other side. The, the, the attempt here was to try to try to write a, a full story. Um, it, it's and really I wanted to read this book. I didn't I didn't say, uh, if somebody had written one, I wouldn't have written one. It was it, it, it was <laughs> right. it surprised me that no one had tried. I wanted to uh-huh. read it. There wasn't one. There's only one other book uh, written about Flight 93. But it was written in the first year after the attacks. It was written by, ironically, another sports writer, Jerry Longman, 
uh, from the New York Times, who happened to be in the area. So the Times said, you know, go down and, and cover this. And, and he, they put out a book very quickly. It's mostly about the families because just he did a really good job. It's a, it's a good book, but not much was known at that time in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, the 9-11 Commission report had been out that this trial wasn't out. We didn't know a lot. So nobody in that time had, had tried and you mentioned my, you know, my sports background. Did I have really normal credentials to do this? No, but nobody was going to try to do it. And I was interested in the story, and I did have background as a reporter, so I just thought, uh, I thought I'd give it a shot. So there were numerous times, as you can imagine, during the project where I was going to throw my laptop in the river because you hit walls. And sure, well, that, that's another thing, and- Tom. You did work for a long time as a reporter. You know, I mean, you were a columnist and you were a talk show guy, and then before you got the job with the Penguins, but. Um, was it good that you were a and not just a writer but a reporter and and a and a news guy kind of a guy, even though you were covering I, sports? Did that help you? I think so. It, it, it's hard to judge yourself, but the the guy who was the editor of my book uh, for Lions Press, he told me midway through as he's reading my stuff, he said, "I can tell you were a reporter." And uh-huh. you know, again, <laughs> it's hard to assess yourself. I'm not sure what you're about. He, uh, he could tell that, but he said that. So based on that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it did. You just have that, you know, you look at stories with that mindset, even though I quote only covered sports, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. trained as a journalist. Right. And it's the, same thing. the, the yeah. challenge here was you never write to this length. The challenge writing book length is completely different. You know, there are people who, who can, who can write for newspapers and they can write columns, uh, yeah. but they can't write books. The people who, who can cover teams, but they can't write columns, you know what I mean? Right, right. Each, each thing, the, requires a different skill set. It was a big adjustment to write something that was, you know, over, you know, 250 pages, 275 pages, as opposed mm-hmm. to a couple of pages, which is your normal, which is your normal newspaper story. And you, right. you know, you have to learn how to pace yourself and spread, spread things out. We're talking to Tom McMillan. The book is Flight 93, the story, the aftermath, and the legacy of American courage on 9-11. It's really a detailed uh, account of what happened. Uh, Tom, how were you able to piece together and how much were you able to piece together about what actually happened on the plane once the hijackers uh, yeah. started their uh, doing their thing? It, it, it was it was the most intense and, and probably fascinating part of the project. And the maddening thing, John, is we can never know for sure. I mean, sure. We, we simply cannot know everything. It's one of those things that, because everyone who knows exactly what happened died in that crash. You know, we, I think even today with, with some of the, the Civil War, which is another passion of mine, somebody can still go up in their attic and get it, find in the bottom of a box a letter from their third great grandfather who survived the war that might solve a clue. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those from wars and those things, people survived afterwards and write about. We don't have that here. We never will. And all we have are those phone calls, the phone calls that got through. Uh, to the loved ones on the ground, which were not recorded, so the, so the accounts are as, as the loved ones remembered them. Um, and, and then the, they did recover the black boxes, both black boxes from this flight. It was the only uh, September 11th flight that that happened because this plane did not hit a building. The FBI knew that this is where they'd find most of the evidence because it went into the ground. So they, you, they found the cockpit voice recorder and the flight data recorder. They were able to do an animation of the flight path. And if you, if you piece all, to, all together, uh, you know, the, the phone calls and that, that I, I would go into the Penguins office on the weekend in the conference room, and I, I would lay it out on the floor, uh, almost looking like the plane where who was sitting where and when the calls were made and you're just trying to piece it together that way as, as best you can, but we're never going to know everything. There's always going to be a mystery to it. Uh, you do have to take some leaps of faith. When I did that, I tried to point that out in the story, basically saying, we, you know, we, we can't know exactly. And once the counter, they fought for, for six minutes in the air. The, the counterattack started at 9.57. It crashed at 10.03. Other than the, you know, the flight, uh, the cockpit voice recorder, which there's a very detailed transcript of it. Other than that, uh, we don't know what happened because the, the, there were no phone calls. Or it's just so it's uh, some of it you can piece together and some of it has to be uh, informed speculation. Well, hey, Tom, I'm out of time, and uh, it's uh, really congratulations on the book, and uh, I think it's something that people are going to be reading 100 years from now. You won't get any benefit from that, but there are going to be people <laughs> reading this book 100 years from now to, you know, to get the real uh, deal on what happened there. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks. John, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Tom McMillan. The book is Flight 93, the story, the aftermath, and the legacy of American courage on 9-11, and we'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Inflation continues eating away at the value of our money. Inflation at the wholesale level rocketed higher last month, up 8.3% from August of last year. It's the biggest annual gain since the Labor Department started calculating the 12-month figure 11 years ago. The Labor Department's report on August consumer prices is due out Tuesday. And economists expect those prices to have moderated slightly from July's 5.4% annual increase. That's Rich Thomason reporting. A leading scientist behind the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine says booster shots may be unnecessary for many people. Oxford University professor Sarah Gilbert says the immunity from the vaccine holding up very well, even against the Delta variant. Stocks are wobbling on uh, Wall Street. Uh, The Dow is now down 81 points. The Nasdaq, 26 points lower. This is SRN News. Hey, Dad, what are you doing? Oh, hi, son. I thought I'd sing for the Legacy Box commercial. No, Dad, I want you to talk about Legacy Box, how it's the best way to digitize your family's home movies and photos. But there's no extra charge for singing. Thank you, but people need to understand that we can take old photos, VHS tapes, even film, and transfer them to DVD, thumb drive, or a digital download. Our trained technicians digitize everything by hand right here in the U.S., Don't worry, I'll cover all that. Legacy Box, Legacy Box, the best way to digitize home movies and photos so that they aren't lost. Proud of my son and his Legacy Box. Time's almost up. From sea to shining sea. Okay, I'll just read the rest of the ad then. Legacy Box is the best and easiest way to digitize your home movies and photos. Save 40% right now when you go to LegacyBox.com slash LBox. That's 40% off at LegacyBox.com slash LBox. LegacyBox.com slash LBox. Q Hewitt doesn't see Afghanistan getting swept under the rug. He wants us now to forget that he abandoned hundreds of citizens and thousands of legal permanent residents, LPRs, so thousands of Americans. And so Team Biden doesn't want to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it a lot because he doesn't want a hostage crisis even though he's got one. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. Want it done right? Call doing it right. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. The pandemic has caused families to spend more time in close quarters than ever before. But if you're noticing an emotional distance between you and your child because of their drug or alcohol use, you may not know where to turn. Partnership to End Addiction can help. With free guidance, support, and resources, we work directly with families and communities across the country to help save lives. And we can help you, too. To End Addiction, start with connection. Reach out to us at drugfree.org. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 79 southbound is shut down from the Allegheny-Washington County line to South Point Boulevard, all due to serious crash. It's backed up from Noblestown Road in a 38-minute delay there. The Parkway East inbound barely moving Grand Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound delays the Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Onto the Parkway West, inbound delays 79 to Roslyn Farms Road. Inbound again delays from Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound delays from 121 to Carnegie. I'm Ann Evans, and that's a look at your traffic. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a low of 53. A delightful start to the weekend tomorrow with mostly sunny skies and a high of 76. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 64. Sunshine and patchy clouds for Sunday will reach a high of 84. Monday will be humid. We'll see a blend of sun and clouds at a high of 86. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, 
I don't have the actual numbers here, but I think it would be safe to say that the voter turnout for most school board elections is abysmal. Uh, but I think it's also safe to say that that could be changing because uh, parents have started paying a lot more attention to what their kids are being taught in school for good reason. Four parents in the Seneca Valley School District are involved in a write-in campaign for the school board right now. One of those parents is Erin McClymans, and she joins us now. Erin, thanks for being here. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me today. So, uh, have you ever run for office before, Erin? I never have. This is a completely new experience for me. Not even school president? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe I was the uh, business manager for my my college. Okay. Well, so what was it about the, the Seneca Valley School Board that got you and the other parents all fired up, fired up enough to, to run? Yeah, this is a major undertaking, and we have a ton of support, but it came down to the fact that there are a majority of parents in this district who are very unhappy with the current board and the administration. Only two of our current board members have children attending the district, and we feel the board is rubber stamping anything that the administration wants to put through. So uh, mandatory masking, we know mandatory vaccines are coming down the pipeline. The Seneca Valley School Board District has just purchased um, America 2025 curriculum for $14,000 in conjunction with the Grable Foundation. It's very leftist leaning, a lot of um, critical race theory undertones, and we are completely uninformed. We are not asked our opinions. The school board um, does not listen to their constituents or vote. Uh, on how we would like them to vote on the matter. So we thought it was time to take the control back into our own hands. How long have these people been in office? Some of them are coming up on um, re-election. It's a four-year term. But some of them have been sitting on the board for multiple terms, so eight, 12 years, Mm -hmm. um, all without having children in the school district during that time period. So... Um, they're, they're on the school board, as I said, uh, leading into this, that, that you know, I, I don't think many people show up to vote for school board, which is uh, unfortunate because that probably has more effect on your kids than anything that the the president is going to do. You know, your, people will vote for the president or for for United States senator or even governor. But the 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 the, the local elections for things like school board tend to have more of an effect on your kids uh, lives than anything that anybody else in, in uh, government does. But they, but wh- so parents need to pay more attention, don't they? But not only parents, taxpayers. So t- taxpayers in Cranberry Township who don't have any children in the district, they've seen their taxes increase year over year. They don't have any children in the school district, and they don't know why their taxes are going up. Seneca Valley just built a $10 million swimming pool when they had a swimming pool, one of their schools, Evan City, has no air conditioning. The one day it was too hot for the cafeteria workers to actually cook meals, but the kids were stuck in a three-story building wearing masks with interior temperatures over 80 degrees. So that, that we need to look at the tax dollars, but we also need to look at the impact to our children. So I think this election impacts not only parents of Seneca Valley students, it impacts every single taxpayer in the district as well. Uh, we've seen, and I'm sure you've seen them, uh, for the last uh, several months, there have been lots of videos out there uh, of uh, what's happened at various school board meetings um, where parents are, are just screaming at the school board, telling them that, you know, that they, they don't want uh, critical race theory or whatever it may be, mask mandates. Um, has anything like that happened at Seneca Valley? Has, has there, have there been any heated school board uh, meetings? Absolutely. The last school board meeting that was in person for it was an emergency meeting call to vote um, on the masking mandate. They limited the audience participation. So the NA school board meeting um, went to one in the morning. Seneca capped our participation for speakers at 15, um, capped our, our speaking time to four minutes, and they hand selected the speakers. Um, so they were able to carefully create the message that they wanted to present out to the community. There were over 800 people listening on Zoom calls. So we have had heated meetings. They have limited our ability to speak, um, which I think is, is a constitutional violation. And so, yeah, it's, it has not been pleasant. Well, uh, so when, when they had the meeting, you say they, they picked the, the, the people who got to ask questions, so they only picked friendly people, people friendly to their 
uh, philosophies and, and policies? They had a policy that said that they would take the first 15 people that emailed um, starting at noon. We did a right-to-know request asking for that information. We saw that one individual somehow had access to the link at 11.32. Um, he was a friendly speaker that was then, of course, selected. And out of 15 speakers, I think um, eight were friendly speakers. The others were not. And when one speaker did not show up, our alternate was not allowed to speak. They said, okay, sorry, they didn't show up. We're not going with our alternate speakers. So we felt it was very unfair, very biased and one-sided. And what's been their reaction when they have been confronted with any of this? Or have they, number one, been confronted that much? And have they been in a position where they had to even give an answer or a response of any kind? Uh, We are able to talk to our school board, elected school board officials. Um, Sometimes they don't, they say that they're listening and they'll take our opinions into consideration. Um, They do not. The superintendent, um, she's very strong. And I think that the board just kind of does what she tells them that they need to do, unfortunately. Who's she? She is uh, Dr. Tracy Vitale. And and she's the head of the school board. School board is it? What's what's her title? She's the superintendent of the district. Uh, uh, superintendent of the district. Okay, she's not on the school board. So is she? She's in an, uh, an appointed position. She is an appointed position by the board. Um, she has ties to the Butler Health System board as well. Um, somebody pointed that out to her, and she resigned her position because obviously it was a conflict of interest. Um, yeah, I could say some other things that I'm not going to say, but, you know, if, if we're able to um, flip the board and take back the power, we would take a look at evaluating whether she's the right person for that position. Uh, so um, I'm on the radio, and, and my job is to get you to say things you don't want to say. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what Can you give us a hint about, is there, are they serious issues that you, because of legal um, ramifications, you can't bring them up right now? No, we just we just hear a lot from teachers, and I, I, I certainly wouldn't want to breach any confidentiality there. But okay. to say that she's universally liked by all would not be an accurate statement based on the information we're getting. Is it 50-50, or is she universally disliked? Um, I'm, I don't know that we have enough uh, data to, to put a number on it. Okay. We're talking to Erin Aaron, Aaron Uh She is one of uh, four parents... Uh, who running uh, as a, uh, a as write-in candidates for the school board in Seneca Valley because they don't like what's going on up there? Um, so how how hard is it to um, to to run a, um, a a write-in campaign like the one you're doing? Well, we're not sure. I guess we'll find out. Um, the support from the community has been overwhelming. People have donated billboards, um, production of commercials. Uh, lots of other products and services. We've had a ton of um, outreach and support from uh, our fellow conservatives and Republicans in the community offering volunteer support, uh, door-to-door support. It's, it's been fabulous. So at the very least, we're all four parents living our passion, living our dream, following what we believe is right. And at the end of the day, if we're not successful, at least we've gotten off the couch um, and done something positive to at least bring awareness to the situation. Are all the kids wearing masks now? They are, yes. Uh, man, it's mandated. I mean, it's it's mandatory. Well, it's, it was also mandated by Governor Wolf, and so the Seneca Valley parents who are like-minded have joined forces with uh, Victoria Kloss from North Allegheny School District. We have engaged an attorney downtown, um, and we are launching a lawsuit against Governor Wolf, the Department of Health, and the Department of Education, as we feel his mandate is unconstitutional. Uh, how do you like your chances? What's your lawyer telling you? I just spoke with them this morning, and we think we have a very good case against the state. On what grounds? Uh, that it's unconstitutional for them to be making this kind of a mandate. So it's uh, they don't get to just pass laws by mandate, by waking up someday, one day and decreeing something. There's this thing called Correct. the legislature that maybe they ought to deal with? Correct. A mandate is different from a law. Mm-hmm. So that is that is our basis. Um, and so it's just I'm just curious about 
the, the school board, uh, you know, we're talking about it here on the radio, and they're faceless people, and and I'm, I'm sure they're well known to lots of people up there in your neighborhood and in the Seneca Valley School District. But are these are the people who are on the board um, strongly supporting their 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 policies that have that have caused you? To think it's a big enough deal to run run for to knock them out of their positions? Do they do they ignore you? I mean, uh, how much how much feedback do they give, and what what's their argument for for the stuff that they're doing? We've heard nothing from them. They've been completely silent. Um, I would I would say that most of Cranberry now knows because we've been publicizing it that there are four write-in candidates. They've been silent because I don't believe that they are actually passionate about their role or that they're actually making these decisions. We feel the administration is telling them this is how you need to vote, and they just follow suit. And we would like to flip the board and change that. I'm a CPA. I want to take a critical look at all of the spending so that our taxes are not going up every single year. And I want to have a voice in what my children are learning and experiencing. Um, This critical... Go Go ahead. Go, no, you go finish. I was just going to say this critical race theory curriculum that they've purchased is very concerning not only to me, mm-hmm. but a vast number of parents in the district, even parents that believe that the kids should be in masks. And I am by no means anti-mask or anti-vax. I've actually had um, the Pfizer vaccination. So mm-hmm. uh, I do believe in it, but um, I just feel that they're going in the wrong direction. So um, they, how, how old are your kids? I have an 11-year-old daughter who is in sixth grade. I have a 13-year-old son who's in eighth grade, and I have 16-year-old twin sons who are in 10th grade. Wow. You got a group there. Um, I sure do. <laughs> um, how do they – what kind of feedback do you get from your kids and their friends about the masks and everything else? Do they feel like they're being uh, manipulated, and, and do they feel helpless, and do they hate the masks? They do, and it's very confusing to them because they don't have to wear masks anywhere other than school. So their after-school jobs, when they're going out to Target, um, football games, they don't have to wear masks anywhere but school. And they also feel that if they were to get an exception or a medical exemption and not wear a mask, they would feel bullied. Um, they would feel like other students would be yelling at them that you're going to you're putting it up putting us at risk. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely, students are against other students, and it's just a very chaotic and stressful environment on top of everything else that's going on in the world. Well, Dr. Jill Biden was at a school near the White House today, along with her husband, and uh, they talked about uh, masks. And no, they were more talking about vaccinations. I'm sorry, but they were talking about the vaccine, and um, she kept saying that it's all about keeping the kids safe. And I keep asking, and I can't get an answer, and I never see it anywhere. My question always is, safe from what? As I said at the beginning of the show here, your son or daughter has a better chance of being killed by being run over by Joe Biden's limo than they do of dying from COVID. There's no danger, none. There's, they're, they're in danger, if you want to use the word danger, of getting sick. But they're not in danger of dying, and and and, and that's the way it's that's the way it's portrayed. That that if you don't go along with this, you're okay with putting the the, the, the kids in dire danger, and they're, and they're not, are they? No, John, and that and that's what's so upsetting to me is the data and the science shows that there have only been 400 deaths over the last 18 to 19 months for ch- in children from COVID, and all of them had significant underlying health issues. Every single one. Norm. Every single one. Normal, healthy children have absolutely a very minimal risk of COVID. But what we don't know, John, is what is the underlying damage and trauma that we are causing them by sending them to school in masks and constantly being bombarded by fear. That is what has me the most worried is five or 10 years from now, these kids are going to be wrecked. Yeah, and they don't get to see their friends' faces. I mean, and they're they're expected to wear a mask from the minute they arrive until the minute they leave. Except that what they're allowed, are they allowed to eat? I mean, or they have to you know put the mask back on after they take a bite? Yeah, they have a very limited amount of time without masks, and they are social distanced in the cafeteria. So when their mask is off, 
they're three to six feet from their friends. So they're all effectively sitting at lunch alone. There is no social interaction. It's very traumatic to children. And when I was appealing to the board in one of our last meetings, I said, please wait for one week to vote on this. And in the meantime, I want all of you to put a mask on ah. as soon as you get in, as soon as you get on into your car in the morning. And I want you to wear it all day at work it, with the, the exception of a 30 minute lunch break and then wear it on, in your car on the way home. I want you to wear a mask for eight hours a day to feel what our children are feeling. And, the, and they, none of them wear a mask all day. Dr. Vital sits in her office mask free. She only puts a mask on when she needs to walk around. The kids are saying that um, the people in the administrative offices aren't wearing masks around each other. So it's just completely unfair to our children. Are the kids, um, uh, so, so that's a good point, that make them do it in their car because the kids have to do it on the bus, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the buses are not air-conditioned. They're very hot. Some of the school buildings are very hot. It's um, and, and, and they won't let us um, send the masks off to be tested tested for viruses and bacteria the masks are filthy that's what's making our children sick they won't let us do the carbon dioxide test that's been shown at other school board meetings that shows that there's unhealthy levels of carbon dioxide from mask wearing they're not interested in the science they're interested in control and they're interested about pushing forward their agenda see this is what i don't get um do these people actually believe that they are a Saving kids, protecting them from danger. I mean, do they really think that if they don't do this, that the, that uh, that uh, North Hills Passive and High School uh, Hospital is going to be filled with everybody from the Seneca Valley School District and all the kids, you know, going in there and then body bags coming out? I mean, what 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 would make them believe that what they're putting these kids through is worth it? Well, let me tell you, we have a board of nine members. The two members that have children in the school district voted to have masks optional because they see the impact on their children. They understand the impact on their children. They understand the science that children are not at risk. The other seven members of the board do not have children in the school district. Some of them are, um, I don't want to use the, their advanced age. They're I'm old sure like me. The most, they're, uh, they're old like right? me. Yeah. They are advanced age. Many of them were obese. We know that obesity was the direct cause for killing 87% of COVID patients. But wait, wait, our country is- wait, you have fat school board members? Is that what you're saying? We sure do. Yeah, and, and uh, do they, they should be wearing the mask because that's who's in trouble. If you're fat, that's, that's, that's a problem. You know? Right. And we're not doing anything to look at the underlying health of our nation. Our food is full of garbage. No, People no are obese heart disease, hypertension, diabetes. If we were a healthier country, would we have lost as many people as we have? Because like I said before, 87% of COVID deaths were in people that were obese. Well, Erin, I'm out of time. Erin um, McClymans, uh, and she is uh, running as a write-in candidate for school board in Seneca Valley. And I should say that if there's anybody from the Seneca Valley school board uh, listening, uh, get in touch with me. I'll be happy to put you on to to uh, dispute everything that Aaron says, if you're up to it. But uh, you're invited to come on. And good luck with it, Aaron, and keep up the fight. I love it. Thank you, John. I just want to plug our website, www.SenecaValleyVotes.com. Check us out and vote for us on November 2nd. Okay, I hope you win. I'll be right back. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. 
For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. This is John Steigerwald. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop My Slippers. They're designed to wear indoor and outdoors all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel, it helps to prevent fatigue. Made with quality leather suede, too. And for a limited time, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. You'll also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Pillow mattress topper, and My Pillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. Get them now. My Slippers from Mike Lindell. 800-716-8087. Promo code STAG. This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Two things real quick here. A week from tonight at the uh, Christ Church at Grove Farm in Sewickley, Joe Sweeney, he's a contractor, was working in Afghanistan and uh, came back just a few days before the deadline of August 31st. Uh, Kathy uh, Emmons of uh, the uh, of Word FM, our sister station, and I will host a panel discussion, hors d'oeuvres mixer, followed by that uh, panel discussion. And uh, you can get tickets at TheAnswerPGH.com. Real quick here, uh, I've been talking about the story about Pitt and the fetal tissue and the fact that they might be committing infanticide. And uh, I just want to read you really quick here the uh, the note that I just got from Bill Donahue. He's the president of the Catholic League, and I told him about it, and I just got this email from him. John, many thanks for alerting me last month to the unseemly fetal research that is alleged to have been going on at Pitt. I asked for a probe, and it has been granted. I wrote to all the principals involved, asking the Auditor General for an investigation, and enlisted the support of our email subscribers, who then pounced or who then pounded away, emailing the Auditor General. It remains to be seen what happens, but we got what we asked for. Thanks again. I'm glad that worked, and let's see how that turns out. I'm, I hope to have Bill on the show uh, next week. But the Pitt News actually did a story on it, and that was the first media coverage I saw. And then I saw on. Uh, KDKA's website, they gave it about two sentences of coverage. So we'll see if we can improve on that. Thanks for listening this week, and I will talk to you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.